Well, after a quiet couple of weeks when it came to the footballing world, shit has hit the fan. It is nuclear-level fallout. The announcement of the European Super League, which they believe is going to start in August, has hit hit yesterday during the middle of the Manchester United-Burnley game, and the football world is in meltdown. We will be here to discuss it. I'm Ross Evans with my co-host, Dan Newton. Hello. And we might as well get straight into it. It's... I think all we're going to talk about today, all the results of the Premier League, looking forward, Carabao Cup final this week, it does not matter right now. This is probably the biggest seismic shift to football we have seen in a generation. This is ripping apart the game. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, like you said, it is by far the biggest kind of change that I can definitely remember. Um, in my time watching football, uh, it's ridiculous. It's a terrible idea. I think for everyone involved, it's horrible for the fans, and I think for the clubs in general, it's it's just greed, isn't it? They want as much yeah. money as they can, and this is how they want to get it. You know, it's 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 a disgrace. I think everyone's called it that, and I would also call it a disgrace. Yeah. Um, for those who are listening and aren't aware of what the European Super League is, it's a new as I say, a, a new European tournament involving the biggest teams from European leagues. Um, so far, it's been confirmed that AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Real Madrid and Tottenham Hotspur have all joined as the founding clubs. Now, they will, they will be the founding members. Some teams have already turned it down. Um, Massive, massive congratulations to Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund who have refused to join the European Super League. Um, they actually realised that football is for the fans and without the fans, football is nothing. Um, they're not joining. Um, but there may be more teams that qualify for this league. Um, how this would work is there would be midweek fixtures Um during throughout the year um, with two groups of 10 with home and away fixtures. The top three in each group will automatically qualify for quarterfinals. Teams that finish in fourth and fifth uh, will compete in a two-legged playoff for the remaining quarterfinal positions. Then they use a two-leg knockout format similar to what we see in the Champions League before they get to a final, which they will say be uh, hosted at a neutral venue. Um, they will have, are planning a corresponding women's league, which will also be launched, but not, that hasn't come out just yet. Now, it is believed that this was brought out to almost challenge the Champions League and the structure of that competition. And Dan, you, you did mention earlier as we were preparing for this that there was some changes also coming to the Champions League. And while they're not fully confirmed yet, do you think that this... Is a response in any way, or has this been sort of something that's simmering away? Well, there's been talk of a you know a European Super League for probably the last ten, fifteen years, maybe even more than that. You know, it's always been kind of simmering under the surface. Although I do think with changes to the Champions League almost imminent, I think within the next two years it's planned uh, that there's definitely been a kind of a response from the big clubs that maybe don't like UEFA or how it's run, or maybe just think that they can run it better. And in their mind, I think better to them is a way that preserves their financial uh, bank accounts, really. 
that's what it is. It's, you know, they're afraid that they might not qualify for the Champions League, therefore miss out on a lot of money. Whereas if they run their own competition where they can't even get relegated from it, then they're safe. You know, that that's what it is. It's yeah. it's a fear of competition. It's a fear that, you know, they will no longer be able to compete as clubs like, you know, just in England, you look at Leicester regularly challenging for the top four and they have to displace one of them to get into the Champions League. I think clubs, especially like, you know, your Arsenal's that are struggling, um, are afraid of that. Yeah. And you say you say about the money, uh, on the statement from the twelve teams, this line here says in exchange for their commitment, founding clubs will receive an amount of three point five billion euros solely to support their infrastructure investment plans and to offset the impact of the COVID pandemic. The COVID pandemic is something that has affected all football teams. So why are they the only ones getting the money? It is clear that they're what they're watching out there for their own backs. They are they are so careless and clumsy that they've literally admitted what they're doing to smaller clubs. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous, you know. You know, as someone who's a fan of a club that aren't even in the Premier League, let alone, you know, the Europa League or Champions League, you know, hearing the kind of figures that they're throwing about that they supposedly require to survive is, you know, ridiculous. You know, you're talking about a couple billion pounds or dollars or whatever it is to fund these clubs and yet earlier in the year when there was a kind of a bailout for leagues one and two in the efl they only put up 30 million from the whole premier league to help those clubs survive so yeah. you know it's just ridiculous that they think they need billions of pounds to do it and yet when other clubs are actually struggling and actually at risk of going out of business they you know barely put in enough to buy up a backup center midfielder for them you know, to help yeah. these clubs survive, it's it's ridiculous, and um, yeah. they're clearly wrong. And it's yeah, it's just stupid to be honest. The the financial stuff has always been escalating, and you know now it's just going even crazier. Yeah, um, it's also Joel Glazer, who's the co-chairman of Manchester United, and also the vice chairman of the European Super League. Also, he's a, he's a man who doesn't understand the offside rule until about two years ago, apparently. Yes, um. He should be kept far away from football as far as his money-grabbing tactics are confirmed. But he said this, By bringing together the world's greatest football clubs and players to play each other throughout the season, the Super League will open a new chapter for European football, ensuring world-class competition and facilities and increased financial support for the wider football pyramid. First of all, let's talk on world-class facilities. I think if you talk to Manchester United fans who have seen their training grounds and that and the frustration around signing players they're not spending money on players and facilities the money is there and they're not spending it yeah i and mean you speak to any man united fan and they're pretty much all fed up with the glazers for many years now like you said the money that that club makes which is a huge amount very rarely gets invested back into the football side of thing you know it usually goes into the dividends for the glazers to take out and you know fund their own lives really you know never gets put yeah. back into football um especially like it doesn't get back it doesn't get put back into manchester united so how is it going to get put back into the football pyramid you know when they're not even doing yeah. it to their own club it's you know, upset yeah to support to suggest that they're going to support the wider football pyramid when as we said during the covid pandemic they could barely stump up you know enough change for a, a you know a, a bench level midfielder was frankly 
how the f- how did you plan on doing that? That is like if you consider as well that the Premier League and the remaining fourteen clubs of the Premier League want the top six kicked out of the league. They want them sanctioned or kicked out. How the hell are they going to provide financial support? You know, surely they're burning they're burning the ties of which they can do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean, maybe I'm being overly cynical, but I think, you know, it's a classic thing to say, oh, yeah, we'll make all this money and it will trickle down to everyone else. And it never does. I don't think there is anything yeah. in the plan to actually help anyone. It's, you know, it's just a way of saving face, isn't it? It's certainly like we said with Project Big Picture, um, yeah. where this promise of financial support for the footballing pyramid is, a, is an empty promise. It's there just to try and get them on side. It will... Un, it's very unlikely that it will happen um, you know and then we talk about the sanctions you know should a Premier League team you know, as we saw Gary Neville say while he showed a very extreme just relegate the lot of them sanction them, dot points there is a financial implication for a team, not any team, not finishing in the top four, you know they miss out on European football TV rights so that money is not going to come in so how are they then, with what will be a loss for them if they do get sanctioned, that's more money that they have lost that they can't send to the footballing pyramid because they'll watch their own backs first. Yeah, well, I, you know, I believe they're only doing it because they think if they can sell, you know, a European Super League to the TV companies, that'll pay exponentially more money than the Premier yeah. League money and the Champions League money combined. Um, but no, I think, you know, at best, the promise of money trickling down through the pyramid is at best a bribe and at worst i think just a lie from them you know i i, I don't yeah. see it ever happening like that yeah uh, you know we mentioned the premier league they were very swift to issue a statement which read uh, the premier league condemns any proposal that attacks the principles of open competition and sporting merit which are the heart of the domestic and european football pyramid fans of any club club in England and across Europe can currently dream that their team may climb to the top and play against the best. We believe that the concept of a European Super League would destroy this dream. The Premier League is proud to run a competitive and compelling football competition that has made it the most widely watched league in the world. Our success has enabled us to make an unrivaled financial contribution to the domestic football pyramid. A European Super League will undermine the appeal of the whole game and have a deeply damaging impact on the immediate and future prospects of the Premier League and its member clubs, and all those in football who rely on our funding and solidarity to prosper. We will work with fans, the FA, EFL, PFA and LMA, as well as other stakeholders at home and abroad to defend the integrity and future prospects of English football in the best interests of the game. Now, the Premier League there, they talk about how other clubs dream of playing against the best in order to qualify for the Champions League. You know, we've seen Everton are, are building a new stadium. They hope will host Champions League football. They've got new ownership. They've got a top, top manager in Carlo Ancelotti and a, a squad that is playing much better football than they have over the previous f- few seasons. So we're seeing that, the, and you know, you see Leicester are up there. In what a, le- a seven, eight year period, they went from nearly relegated to regular top four challengers you know that that's the dream that makes football football and we're seeing that potentially being taken away yeah it's ridiculous as you said um quite rightly you know i think we all look at leicester as you know that season when they won the league is probably 
the best Premier League season in history, maybe. Um, certainly, it's one of my favourites because you love to see that kind of story and the European Super League would prevent that from happening. I mean, the fact that anyone can propose a football league where there's no relegation for certain clubs is beyond yeah. me. How anyone can think that's even fathomable is is ridiculous. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, a lot of American owners that look at the, you know, the franchise systems and the NFL and the NBA, but it's just, it's not what we want. I don't think it's what anyone in football wants. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. Just, just stupid. Yeah. We also uh, mentioned sanctions to clubs in terms of league position and points. Um, UEFA said they are looking into sanctions. Um, this has said, and the six federations that have been affected by this have also agreed that clubs concerned will be banned from playing in any other competition at domestic, European or world level and their players could be denied the opportunity to represent their national teams. Um, the French, and it's including the French, so I've made uh, reference to Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund refused to sign up, but the French uh, teams who were supposedly involved have also refused to sign up. Um, as well as other teams have been offered uh, positions such as Porto. Um, but do you think those sanctions would be, are enough to maybe see these clubs think twice, or do you think that they're not going to consider the players' playing future? I mean, I don't think they will care about what happens to the players, you know, as long as they can still attract uh, quality players to keep the standard of the Super League up. I don't think they'll particularly care. And I think, to be honest, they'll have enough money that some of the players probably won't care. But I think the importance of the sanctions from, you know, whether it's the English FA or the French FA or the Spanish FA, whoever it is, I think they need to actually back them. You know, you if you talk yeah. about relegating teams, relegate them. Don't just say it and then when they go, oh no, sorry, we're not actually going to do the Super League now that you've given us more money or you've changed the Champions League, they still need to be punished. If it was up to me, I would relegate them to today to be honest I kick them out you know kick them out of the whole football league to be honest I think it's just disgraceful it's ridiculous and it needs to be punished yeah it is something that as you said we're going to spend the whole episode today talking about so we've looked at sort of what it is um it has been reported that Manchester United and Liverpool have in fact already left the European Clubs Association um what this means to those clubs is they cannot compete in European competition anymore. Now, Liverpool were already out of the Champions League, so for them it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. But for Manchester United, and I, allegedly Arsenal have also left, but for Manchester United and Arsenal, who are still in the Europa League, what do you think that means to them, Dan? Well, one would presume that they'd be kicked out of the Europa League immediately. Um, I don't know whether it also applies to Chelsea in the Champions League if they chose to leave, but um, presumably they would just be kicked out of the competition as it stands. And either the current ties they are in would just go to whoever they're playing, or maybe Europa League might bring back the team that they've knocked out to compete in their place. Um, but no, you'd think that if they've decided to abandon it, then they're out of the competition and they can't go back in, which I think, you know, if you're going to go... Oh, we don't want to be in your competition. We want to do our own thing. Then, yeah, kick them out. It's you know they've left. They're not in anymore. Get rid of them. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, it, I mean, it shows the prestige that 
potentially the European football, the Champions League and Europa League as we know it would lose. Um, seeing those those teams, you know, Manchester United ball playing well in the league, you know, they're in the Europa League semis, a bit, you know, we expect them in the Champions League. As these competitions go forward, what damage do you think it does to the prestige of these competitions, particularly the Champions League, which is sort of viewed as the biggest uh, club competition in the world? How does this, going forward, how does this affect that? Is that still going to be a big uh, big tournament, or is it now something that we're going to look at and say you know, it's, it, it's not that great, it's a second-class tournament? I think that at the end of the day, football prestige only comes about based off how much fans care about a tournament and i think for the vast majority of fans they're not going to care about the european super league i think most of them or most football fans in general not just fans of the clubs involved don't want it they don't like it i don't think they're interested in watching it so i think if these clubs decide not to compete in the champions league i don't know if their fans will follow them but i think the rest of football will still continue to watch the champions league you know to me as someone who doesn't support a premier league team I don't think there's a big difference between watching Manchester United in the Champions League and hypothetically, you know, Leicester or Aston Villa. You know, it's just another English club. And for me, I'm happy to watch any of them. I think as long as the standard's still there in the Champions League and the games are still entertaining, yeah. I don't think it'll matter that much for the Champions League. I think it would actually have a bigger effect on the clubs that have decided to leave it. So I don't think people will be interested in watching them at all if they actually go through with it. Yeah, but, you know, as you say, as a, f a non-Premier League fan, um, do you, s in your person, if you see, like, a Champions League game and it is something like Manchester United versus Real Madrid or Liverpool-Real Madrid or Bayern versus PSG, does that game, even though you don't support those teams, are you still, is there still hype to watch those games? Do you still want to you know, go out and watch them regardless of the fact that you don't support the teams. It's just, it's the two, it's these national powerhouses clashing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm a big football fan in general, you know, just because I don't support a Premier League team. I, you know, I still love watching these big games, but I think it's more due with the players that are involved. You know, it's like watching the El Clasico for many years. It was about watching Ronaldo versus Messi. For me, anyway, less than it was Barcelona versus Real Madrid. You know, for example, when Man City played Dortmund, I was watching it because I was more interested in watching Jude Bellingham play for Dortmund. You know, I wasn't actually yeah. that concerned with who won. I was like, oh, I'm a fan of that player. I want to see how he does. And th that's what it is to me. It's about the players that are there. So maybe the best players will go to the Super League because they'll have the, um, the most money. But I still think there's enough good players around that the Champions League is still going to be at a very high standard and it's still going to be worth watching. And I think, you know, I just, I genuinely think that the Super League is such a bad idea and so many people are against it that I just don't think people would be interested in watching it. Like if it started tomorrow, I wouldn't watch it, no matter who was in it, even if the best players were in it. I, that's how horrible an idea I think it is. You know, I just wouldn't watch it at all. Yeah. And do you think that's something that, you know, more neutral fans like yourself should look at doing it perhaps? Also, the fans of these big six teams should also do is you may support these teams, but you cannot support them. As Gary Neville said, this is disowning your club level 
money grabbing, backstabbing from the directors. You know, is this something that, that everyone needs to consider? It's like if you if you live in like myself, you know, I don't support my local team. Um, I always want to see them do well, but I'm not a massive attendance. Should you know? Should I? Do you think it's possible that myself and people like me should now actually just disown that team? Do not support that big team. Go and support your local team because they need it. They need it more than ever now. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a decision for each individual fan. But I think the question fans need to ask themselves is: Is the football club you support still the same club you supported ten years ago? You know, I think you look at the changes in ownership. You know, we've talked about the Glazers earlier and how badly they've run Man United and, you know, the American owners of Liverpool. You know, are they still running that club for the same kind of ethos and kind of philosophy that started it that made people, you know, fall in love with their football clubs? That's the question I would ask. Um, yeah. And I think most fans would say that, especially fans of these supposed big six, that the club isn't what it was when they first started supporting them. Yeah, I mean, you know, particularly fans of Liverpool, Manchester United, you know, if you look, they say that football and politics shouldn't mix. And this is, this is why it should, because historically these teams were made by the working man. You know, that's what built these teams, built these clubs into what they are today. And then the rich have come along, the, you know, they've stolen it from the working man for their own financial benefit. Um so I've got to be honest, if, you know, I think I have to agree, almost agree with Neville on this. I think for me personally, it will be a case of disowning the club should this go ahead. I really cannot see myself being able to honestly sit there and support them during the European Super League. Yeah, and I think a lot of fans would agree with you. Um, I mean, it's, this is a slight tangent, but I'll make it quick. I was watching um, Mark Goldbridge, who's obviously a well-known Manchester United fan, has his own yeah. massive fan channel. And he was talking yeah. about you know, if this goes ahead, he'll just stop making videos and content about Manchester United because it's not yeah. the club he, he wants to support anymore. I think when you've got, you know, huge communities like that going, no, we're not interested anymore. I think it goes to show that, you know, a lot of fans that are, are just going to lose interest in them. I mean, you look at Liverpool, their whole anthem is you'll never walk alone. Yeah. And what, they're, why they're abandoning everyone. You know, it yeah. goes completely against everything they've ever stood for. And I think... Yeah. You know, I think most fans can see that, and most fans will just move on to some to a different club. I think. Yeah. Um. So looking forward, then you know, there is some discussion that the Premier League Big Six might stay, also stay in the Premier League. Now, while the fourteen other teams in the Premier League themselves are sort of shifting on this idea from the big six going, oh, we'll stay with you guys too. Um, how's that going to affect the Premier League? Should that happen? Should that be the eventuality that they compete in um, both the Premier League and the FA Cup and the League Cup as well as the Super League? How do you, how, Will they compete in the FA Cup and the League Cup as well? Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't think the FA would allow them to do both. I think they'll make it in either or. But hypothetically, if they did allow them, I think it would make a, just a, a farce of the competitions. You know, I think you'd add so many extra fixtures in from the Super yeah. League that there's no way they'd be able to put out a competitive team for each competition. Whether that means they'd essentially have a B team in the FA Cup and League Cup, maybe a Premier League team that was half the B team and half the Super League team, and then a Super League team that was all their best players. 
I don't yeah. know, but whatever scenario it would be, I think it just wouldn't be to a competitive standard. Um, it wouldn't be fair for the other teams that aren't involved that have to, you know, put out their best team for every game. And I think it would yep. just damage the quality of football in the whole league, um, it, you know, in general, because they would just yep. diminish the competitiveness of it. Yeah, I mean, sources suggest um, it's reported through Sky Sports. We'll say allegedly, uh, because the source for some a variety of reasons cannot be named, and the club that they work for can also not be named. Um, so we'll, I'll prefix this with allegedly. Apparently, boards feel powerless to stop the owners who have been, you know, who've ultimately got the final say on this, and that if the the big six particularly are allowed to stay in the Premier League, we will be seeing second string teams playing in the Premier League, um, with the midweek Super League fixture being the priority. You know, if you play in Barcelona on a Wednesday, you need your full team and then you want them ready for next week when you play Atletico Madrid and if you've got, I don't know, Fulham wedged in between them, you're not gonna play your strongest eleven. You might only play three or four of them who are lacking a bit of match fitness. Yeah. Use it as a training game. Yeah, and I mean, you, you couldn't play your first 11. You know, the players just don't work that way from a fitness point of view. You know, yeah. it'd be dangerous to play them every game because you, you would just get them all injured constantly. Yeah. Um, it was just ridiculous, Um, you know, to think that they could do both. I think it is going to be one or the other. And um, yeah, I, I don't think it would work at all tried to be in the Premier League and the Super League and all the cup competitions yeah and you know I mentioned the FA Cup and the League Cup there and you know yourself as a fan of a EFL team um, should without those big six how does that impact EFL teams or how do you think it would impact an EFL team you know that chance of being drawn against your Manchester United I know Plymouth Argyle they played Liverpool a few seasons back um how does that affect them maybe not having that considering the draw these teams have the focus they could get from those big six how do you think that affects them going forward yeah i mean it's a huge loss for fans because you always look forward to get there to those games um you know like i said personally some of my favorite memories of of watching my team is when we played liverpool uh got yep. a nil nil at anfield uh most entertaining nil nil i've ever watched um yep. You know, it was a really good memory, and you would lose that because they wouldn't be competing in those cup competitions. But not only that, you would lose the financial uh, boost you get when you play them, whether it be yeah. you're away at Anfield in a sold-out stadium, you get a lot of ticket sales because of it, and the TV rights. You know, when a game goes on Sky, you get paid a relatively significant amount of money. Um, I don't think it's actually as much as people think, but you do get a big boost from it. So, you know, it's a huge loss from those clubs. And, you know, we're talking about earlier the money trickling down to them well that's a very clear direct way in which you'd actually be losing out on money if the super league happened yeah yeah it's it's certainly damaging for more than damages more clubs than it does benefits i think um and you know we're already seeing actually again we have to say allegedly um potential fallout from this from a manager now it broke this morning that jose Mourinho has been sacked by tottenham and while the club have come out and suggested this wasn't the case it has been suggested that Mourinho was sacked over a massive 
disagreement over Tottenham joining the European Super League. Um, if this is the case, first of all, is this a positive thing that manager, managers of one of these big six has already spoken out about it? Or do you think that this is perhaps a... They've sacked Mourinho for what has admittedly been a, a poor season um, by Tottenham's standards. And this is, you know, it's a bit of a distraction tactic to sort of shield them from the abuse that, that's probably been directed their way over the ESL. I think that regardless of whether or not um, Mourinho has said, you know, oh, I don't like the European Super League and they've sacked him because of that. I think he's been sacked now because of the Super League. You know, if it was performance issues, they would have sacked him immediately after the Everton game. You know, they've got a cup final in six days. Who do you want in your yeah. dugout for that? Jose Mourinho or Ryan Mason? I know who I'd yeah. want. It's Mourinho. So it's clearly, you know, it's either he's spoken out about it and they've sacked him because of that. Well, Spurs have realised everyone hates this idea and they've decided that they're going to sack him to try and distract people. I personally yeah. think it's just a distraction technique, but I do think it's potentially good that, you know, managers will be speaking out about it if that's the case. But um, no, I think Mourinho might be the, the first casualty of many. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if more managers end up leaving, whether as, you know, they're speaking out about, about the Super League or because clubs need to do something to distract the press cycle away from the Super League. Yeah, it's... If it is to do with Super League, it also shows that, you know, how easily the top six will wield the axe over any dissent. You know, it's almost if this is the case, and again, we say allegedly, it's very authoritarian over it. Um... And, you know, that's the level we're going to, I think we'll see, you know, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was asked about this after the Burnley game. And, you know, he he was, you know, very upset. I don't know it's happened. It's happened during the game. I'm not aware of it. Um, But do you think them, do you think Premier League managers will say a lot on this, particularly the top six? Do you think they're going to be quite vocal in their opinions of what their clubs have done? I think it depends on the managers, to be honest. I think some of them will be, you know, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if, you know, Jürgen Klopp didn't have anything to say about it, considering he's spoken about the concept before. But I think at the end of the day, for the clubs, it'll come down to a simple question of we're potentially going to make hundreds of millions, if not billions of pounds from being in the Super League. It costs 10, 15 million to sack a manager. I think that's what it'll come down to. You know, I think they'll be happy to get rid of managers knowing that they can easily replace them. And the financial gains that they uh, they could potentially have will massively outweigh the temporary loss. So I think that'll come down to it is, you know, if you're not willing to get on board with the Super League, they'll get rid of you. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's worrying, I think, for the future of the game, isn't it? You know, what these clubs now have the ability to do. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And... I mean, for a long time, it's been moving towards this direction with, you know, especially in the Premier League with the top six having way more money than everyone else. But I think now that they're actually trying to use it to stop any kind of competition or disagreement is, you know, they're they're getting out of control. And I think, as we mentioned earlier, there needs to be some serious kind of sanctions and uh, consequences for their actions. 
Yeah, and you know we're seeing it's just coming through now, and something while we've been recording. Um, UEFA president Alexander Seferin has said, "I cannot stress more strongly how everyone is united against this disgraceful, self-serving proposals fueled by greed above all else. We are all united against this nonsense of a project, cynical plan, completely against what football should be. We cannot and will not allow that to change." Players who will play in the teams that might play in the closed league will be banned from the World Cup and Euros. We urge everyone to stand tall with us as we do everything in our power to ensure this never ends up in fruition. So it it does look like we are going to see these players banned from international. You know, with the Euros coming up and so many top internationals, you know, supposedly heading towards for that tournament from these big teams. You know, that's going to be a massive impact on international football as well now. Yes, certainly. And, you know, from a certain perspective, I can, you know, I feel bad for the players because, you know, they're not the ones making the decision, but they have to do something to kind of force the club's hand. And I think if you can turn the players against their own clubs, that can definitely help. Um, I, I just hope that they actually do um, follow up with their words and it's not just empty threats. You know, yeah. you, I, I think neither of us are big fans of UEFA and FIFA in general. That You know, they're normally the kind of people trying to do stuff like the Super League. But I think if they actually did take a stand against it, that would undo a lot of the bad that they've done uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I hope that now they can take a step forward into cleaning up football. Um, but as always, our Twitter handle will be in the description of this podcast. Join in with the conversation. Let us know what you think on the Super League and hope to speak with you guys about this there. Well, now normally this is the part of the show where we try and predict the big games from the week ahead. Now, obviously it's the Carabao Cup final this weekend between the two of the cash-grabbing teams. Um, and I, they don't deserve a trophy, so I'm not going to predict it. They do not deserve a part of English football history at this moment in time. The top six teams are all in action throughout the week. and again. They, they don't deserve the points. They don't deserve a win on their records in the Premier League after stabbing it in the back. So, on that, we hope you're all looking after yourselves and enjoying what football you can at the moment. Do look after yourselves and we'll speak to you again soon. <laughs>